Greta Thunberg is in a, is in a Twitter beef with Andrew Tate. What the fuck is going on? And then he responded with a fucking pizza video. That's just more fucking clout for him if these charges don't fucking stick. This nigga's gonna end up running for president or some crazy shit. Like, it's, he's gonna, it's, we're gonna end up having a goddamn Kanye Tate fucking ticket with Trump on the, on the cabinet. Like, it's, some crazy shit is gonna happen if we don't rein some of this shit in. Because... It's a red flag. <sighs> you. And welcome everybody to Waving the Red Flag, the number one dating and discourse podcast in the universe. It's your boy Eddie Overgold. Uh, today joined by fucking nobody. Um, Josh and Alvin are away, and we've been wanting to announce this for a while, but we haven't been able to to kind of talk about it for NDA purposes. Um, but they're going to be on Shark Tank this week, so stay tuned for this week's episode. They're actually pitching their six-in-one uh, curl detangling beard conditioner, shampoo, toothpaste, degreaser, vegan egg substitute formula which i'm told and this is a quote is going to make them both richer than ray j so y'all watch out for this shit because it's gonna hit hit stores very soon it's top technology type shit they will be back next week though so let's get into the show so the biggest news this week is world famous boxer misogynist podcaster andrew tate has been arrested by the romanian government Tate is understood to have been detained in Romania on charges of human trafficking and rape. This walkout looks way too cool and organized. Like, what is this? This is a fucking album cover. Why does this look so cool? Hold on. Why is the news... If this was a raid, why was TMZ... Why was Romanian TMZ already ready to go to take pictures? I don't know. I don't know. Now, you remember all you motherfuckers that when, when we on the podcast, when Alvin said, oh, this motherfucker's on the run for sexual traffic shit, y'all said that was fake news? Bro, the Romanian, like, fucking special forces arrested this nigga. Now, you, you can still say, you know, innocent until proven guilty, like, but the charge exists. The motherfucker has been arrested. I think that there is a danger that if he doesn't get convicted, that the cult of personality, the fake news thing that he's put out where he says, like, oh, they're just out to get me. Because he has this video where he says, I'm not scared of having been canceled or whatever. I'm scared because I've used one of my three lies. Because after they cancel you, then they try and jail you. And then if those two things don't work, then they kill you. And so they've already tried to do the cancel thing, which means next they're going to arrest me. And when that doesn't work, they're going to try and kill me. So now I'm down to my last two lives. I would never, ever kill myself. I truly believe they're going to come and they're going to try and kill me on a long enough time frame because they tried to shut me up and I won't shut up. So it looks like he's trying to put himself in a place where he's able to easily control and reframe anything that happens like if it came out tomorrow that he shot somebody in the street he would easily be able to say this is fake news this is the matrix or whatever the fuck he calls the establishment trying to bring him down because he is speaking the truth because he's a messiah because he's a martyr so it's like pre-martyring yourself to inoculate yourself against any kind of criticism so i think there's a big if he gets off from this if this doesn't fucking work out we're, yeah we're not going to hear the end of it it's going to it's going to be a very bad situation for his supporters. I think he'll maybe lose some, but I think those that he keeps and gains will have a a godlike veneration for the god. Hell Andrew. Just very dangerous. You know, and everything will become well, he's got some good points. Just hear him out. And all of that that stuff that they said he did is fake. Never happened. Which is weird considering the fact that like at least some of the stuff adjacent to it he just openly fucking admits. Greta Thunberg then replied with this. Yes. 
please do enlighten me. Email me at smalldickenergy at getalife.com. But rather than send an email to this... Weirdest fucking beef of this year. These two having beef is just the wildest shit, and I think it's low-key is is a bad idea because it 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 low-key legitimizes him even further. The fact that he is in some kind of discourse, some kind of conversationalist with a genuinely serious climate activist is just crazy. Like I feel like that actually adds points to his clout, which is fucking bad because it's like Greta Thunberg knows who he is, follows his content. That's just more fucking clout for him if these charges don't fucking stick. This nigga's going to end up running for president or some crazy shit. Like, it's, he's gonna, it's, we're gonna end up having a goddamn Kanye Tate fucking ticket with Trump on the, on the cabinet. Like, it's, some crazy shit is gonna happen if we don't rein some of this shit in. Because Greta Thunberg is in, a, is in a Twitter beef with Andrew Tate. What the fuck is going on? Let me, let me see what the official charges are because I was at uh, the directorate of the for the investigation of organized crime and terrorism, which is the Romanian like these are like special police who are specifically for this type of organized crime. They've said that he, what he's being charged with is charged with human trafficking, rape, and forming an organized criminal group. So there's six accusers. The four suspects appear to have created an organized crime group with the purpose of recruiting, housing, and exploiting women by forcing them to create pornographic content meant to be seen on specialized websites for a cost. Dangerous times. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Let's see what we got. What we got. What we got. This is one I wanted to talk about, actually. This is Brene Brown talking about her experience, which I have heard of a few times. Actually, uh, Khadija had mentioned her in, in their video. Let's see. I did not interview men for the first four years of my study. And it wasn't until a man looked at me one day after a book signing and said, I love what you have to say about shame. I'm curious why you didn't mention men. And I said, I don't study men. And he said, that's convenient. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, because you say to reach out, tell our story, be vulnerable. But you see those books you just signed for my wife and my three daughters? I said, yeah. They'd rather me die on top of my white horse than watch me fall down. When we reach out and be vulnerable, we get the shit beat out of us. And don't tell me it's from our, the guys and the coaches and the dads. Because the women in my life are harder on me than anyone else. Now see, this is a series of bars. Because I think, and this is a point that kind of like Josh and I have, I don't know, maybe butted heads on, which is that like, who's, who's at fault for the whole nobody gives a fuck about men's mental health, men have it hard kind of conversation. But I think a lot of times we talk about like gender restriction on men, patriarchy, whatever you want to call it. And we act like that's a, that that's only created by men, only upheld by men, and, and is essentially just men practicing some sort of form of removed self-harm. That is uh, an oversimplification that I think removes our ability to connect and have just a little bit of empathy because I think most women like value the men in their lives, their sons, their cousins, their brothers, their fathers, and want to find ways to connect and don't necessarily question the ways that they view men as much as they should. And you, we can say like, oh, you know, toxic masculinity is all about, you know, men telling boys to, to, you know, just, just man up boys, you know, having toxic, you know, homophobic locker room culture. And those are big parts of it. Those are really big fucking parts of it. But let's not fucking sit up here and pretend that the like woman who gets unattractive when her man cries in front of her doesn't exist. That a, a, a woman expecting a man not to like unload on the, the 
this is one thing that I hear a lot that's kind of in line with this, which is I see women complain about playing therapist to their husbands. And I do think that there's some element of that because men often don't have real intimacy outside of their romantic and sexual relationships, which means that the women in their lives get really bombarded with like what should have been spread across like five different people they get they get all of it they get all all of this person's vulnerability but when i hear the specifics of a lot of these stories a lot of 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 girlfriends and wives talking about their boyfriends and husbands saying he uses me like a therapist what they're describing is being expected to be a partner that what 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 they are experiencing is being in a romantic relationship with someone and they're not they struggle to do that because they struggle to see men as human beings they struggle to see men as capable of experiencing romance men in a lot of in a lot of people's minds are something are a person who generates romance and i think that we got to we got to just question that a little bit and go like well look here's the thing emotional intelligence is not just your man understanding your emotions it's about you being open and understanding his. And that is work. So you're going to do a lot of work. The second you, and don't get me wrong, I'm not sitting up here saying the whole problem is women, but the half of it that is women's responsibility to show up in, in relationships is if you look at your partner and go, this is a human being who has the exact same level of emotional depth and complexity and capacity to be harmed as I do, then you're starting the beginnings of having an actual romantic relationship. And that's going to be hard work. This nigga is going to cry. You're going to be the person that he comes to when he has difficult challenges. And it's going to feel like being his therapist a little bit because that's what being in a romantic relationship with someone is. Because that's what you do in a romantic relationship. That's what you expect and that's what you should get. You should be able to talk to your partner about the things that 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 harm you. But Brene said something at the, at the end of this that I thought was interesting about like. So I started interviewing men and asking questions. And what I learned is this. You show me a woman who can actually sit with a man in real vulnerability and fear. I'll show you a woman who's done incredible work. You show me a man who can sit with a woman who's just had it. She can't do it all anymore. And his first response is not, I unloaded the dishwasher. <laughs> but he really listens, because that's all we need. I'll show you a guy who's done a lot of work. Hey, that one, that tell me that one no We've got a massive opportunity to help and heal one another if we start listening to the right fucking folks. Let the Andrew Tates and, the, and them niggas rest in prison for a little while. I think we've got I think we've got a, a really good time ahead of ourselves, you know, if we allow it, you know what I mean? Check this shit out. Hold on. We're going to watch a trailer real quick. Now, I don't watch reality TV at all, really. The last, the last reality TV show I watched was like Flavor Flav, which I love. I'm just jealous because all of my friends that know me tell me that I remind them of Beyonce. So you can Mental institution. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> this new straight jacket. This one caught my fucking eye, though. Life has given me some curveballs. I think it's my time to find love. I was married for 14 years. I want to get a chance to do me a little. Young men have much more energy. Okay, so. Premise. Old bitches fuck high school boys. I'm pretty sure that's what's going on here. Okay, you know what? Look, more, I guess, uh, fuck, I don't know. Old, older women or just adult women, explore your, explore, you know, do, do you. You know what I'm saying? I think seeking specifically younger men is a little bit, could potentially be a little bit strange. There's, there's, there's room there for that to be fucking weird. Cause they got these, they got these, they got this nigga goddamn fucking, what is he doing? 
breakdancing? Uh, yeah, it's a little, I don't know. It's giving, it's giving slightly pedophile vibes. They think out of the box. I want that. Especially in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a rolling R is the most old head, <laughs> the most old head broad way of like, <laughs> of expressing sexual interest. That's some old lady shit. <laughs> Looking at a 20-year-old boy being like, that's... I am in this amazing, beautiful mansion here in Mexico. This is okay, the perfect place okay. to find Boy toy. Love. All right, fair enough. Welcome to the Have villa. Time. Yeah, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even mad at it. I'm not even mad at it. Like none other. Oh. Let's go. I have an extremely high libido. Is that too much saying I have an extremely high libido? Should I just have said high libido? Ladies, where's all the men okay. I'm ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am. I'm just looking to have fun. Here we go. What the hell? Okay. So the twist is that all eight of the niggas are each of these eight bitches' sons. Okay, now, so so to clarify, they're not fucking their own sons. But what's what's happening in the, the plot of this show is eight women each try and fuck each other's eight sons. That's what the plot of this show is. So, um, ima imagine if you have a son or if you have a mom. Imagine if you're at a resort watching a woman your age boot up fucking your son. That's very strange. And there's doing they're doing a lot of swapping behavior, I'm assuming, right? Because it's a reality TV show. So they're going between like everybody's fucking everybody. I mean, I, I'm a hope hopefully the only thing that's off limits is the sons fucking their own moms. But these sons are gonna be getting ran through by a bunch of their moms like contemporaries. This is very like in 10 years, I think what's gonna happen is that we're gonna end up having we're gonna end up having some trials. Especially seeing how like some of like like Tyra Banks is like being retroactively canceled for like all of the fucked up, toxic, psychologically abusive, uh, uh, body shaming bullshit that she did, racist shit that she did during that sh her show. Dennis, but you refuse to have your gap closed. Do you really think you can have a CoverGirl contract with the gap in your room? Yes, why not? This is all people see. It's easy to read, beautiful CoverGirl. It's not marketable. Yeah, just a little bit is okay, but I don't want to completely close it. Well, I guess she just left the gap wide open for another girl, baby. I agree. The one where they're like uh, adopting adults and shit like that. There, it's like fifty-year-old men adopting like twenty-three-year-old women from uh, from Ukraine and just adoption came to my attention when a young eighteen-year-old girl came and bought a puppy from us. Her father had passed away years before, and I just felt a need to help her in some way. She was interested. Unfortunately, I could not pursue that that first young lady because I actually started having feelings for her. She was a very beautiful young lady. Just weird shit like that. I think that we're gonna in, in like a decade, in like the 30s, we're gonna have we're gonna have some producers going to jail for this shit. We're gonna have some like surviving reality TV type shit. You know, people were like, look, I was 18, 19, 20, and they put a big shit ton of money in front of me and put me in situations where I was being psychologically and sexually abused. It's a little bit too close to real ass incest because these aren't stepmothers, not that that would make it much better, but blood mothers 
this is very incest vibes. This shit is criminal. And like, look, I hate to be the, you know, but what about, you know, what what if the roles are reversed? Nigga? But if you had a motherfucking show where a bunch of 50-year-old niggas was on a show called Dilf Manor. And they lined up eight college co-eds and each of those eight was the daughter of one of the other. We would not tolerate that shit. So nah, cancel the whole show, throw everybody away, put the whole production team into prison. Not interested. Let's do some sad shit. Y'all wanna get sad? Let's get sad. Hold on. How old are you? 68. What does it feel like to be 68 years old? I'll answer that in depth if you want. I, you, you feel like- This finna be fire. I can tell from the sunglasses. I can tell from the coat. Cause you see how he warned us? He about to drop some OG knowledge. I, you feel like you played tackle football the day before. Just can't remember why you feel so sore. And you're up and you're doing things and you're just really sore, you know? And then uh, you go into the bathroom and you go like this. Because all of a sudden there's this old face in front of you. And you go, holy shit. I'm old, I forgot. I think that last bit is, is very profound, actually. Because our, our minds and our bodies age asymmetrically. Your body, and, and you know, plastic surgery and Botox and pre, and, and you know. If you're in your 20s and you're wondering about getting Botox for the first time, this is the video for you. I'm Dr. Joyce, I'm a dermatologist, and I actually just got my Botox injected by a good friend, Dr. Lee Love, in New York we worship this concept of youth to where everybody wants to be old. Like nobody wants to hit their 30s. Nobody wants to hit their 40s. Nobody wants to hit their 50s. Everybody wants to be hot and sexy just forever. I don't think it's just the individual being pathological. I think that we, it's not just an obsession with, with youth. I think it's also a, a discounting of the validity of different sections of life. We don't, we don't see enough adventures in film and in TV about what people in their 60s and 70s and 80s are doing. Life, I'd love to see a fucking coming of age movie about like a, a 70 year old woman who's just retired and is trying to figure out what her life is going to be. There's some of those. I mean, they did that. They did this this trailer of I forget who it is, but it's one of these British white ladies. She she hires like a mixed. Well, but a black uh, sex worker. Do. Number one, uh, I perform oral sex on you. Number two, you perform oral sex on me. Number three, we do a 69, if that's what it's still called. Um, four, me on top. Five, doggy style. That all sounds very achievable. Have I booked enough time? You, you want to do it all today? <laughs> yes. No. It's supposed to be some very empowering you go girl shit, but to me it very much seemed like just a rich white person using a person of color who was a sex worker as like a punching bag for discovering themselves. And it just, it didn't sit right with me. It, did, it, it didn't seem particularly profound. I think we're looking at it in a, like a girl boss profound way. Like, oh yeah, like sexual exploitation, but it's done by a woman. That's, that's feminist. It's like, I, I don't think that this is that, that's as useful or revolutionary as anybody really thinks because White woman doing sexual tourism with regard to black men and fetishizing black men is like, it's not, there's nothing revolutionary about that, dog. There's nothing revolution, there's nothing new about that at all. Approximately 80,000 North American and European romance-seeking tourists travel to Jamaica every year. But back to, the, back to the old shit, I think that there's just really something very, very interesting about that idea of looking in the mirror and feeling like, oh, fuck no, I'm still that 16-year-old boy, I'm still that 25-year-old man, I'm still that 30-year-old man, 
and looking in the mirror and there's like a 50 year old person looking back at you um, and your body doesn't feel or move like you like your mind can imagine it moving. Um, and there's something there's there is something sad about that. Like, I know we can talk about, you know, death is inevitable and we all age and we're lucky to age. And I, I'm going to get to that because I, there, there are elements of that that I really like. But I think we understand that lots of that is inevitable. And so you have to figure out a way to rationalize it. But I think it is sad that we die. I think it because life is fucking really short. It's 80 years. And let me tell you, if you had a young body, I, th- I, I think if you, if you made a person immortal, like if I was immortal, I don't think that, I think it would probably take me a couple of hundred years to get bored of being alive. Like, don't get me wrong. I think eventually you would go, yeah, I want to die. But I think it would take a couple of hundred years before I was like, yeah, no, I think I've, I think I've done enough in life. If I could just have the body of like a 35 year old man for just like for all of my life and be immortal, it's like, man, see every country you want to see, try every profession you want to have be gay for a summer nigga like whatever experience new technology because that's the other thing is that the world is changing way faster than a person can experience it so by the time you've traveled to every country and watched every movie another 50 years of content and and human culture has come out so that's besides the point i'm getting the sci-fi shit but just i think to like you know if we didn't spend half our life just working half our life just lost at the beginning part not knowing what the fuck is going on you know the the last third you're you're older and your body isn't quite as in in good shape and you maybe haven't kept kept in shape so everything is a little bit harder you feel like you've just played tackle football we would have much more boundless curiosity than we pretend like we do i think people talk about and i'm gonna put there's a jubilee video where they had these they had 90 year olds and nine year olds talking to each other and it's very profound so i'm gonna put that up in a second but they had they had them talking and the old folks talked about not being afraid of death and i you know i agree i think I, i think i used to be really afraid of death when i was younger and i'm less and less afraid now but I don't think. But I, I think not being less afraid of death and wanting to live more are, are, are two different things. But I do. I, th- I think the beauty in being older is is knowing yourself more and knowing reality more and being able to slow down and understand why you're doing what you're doing and also getting access to certain like getting access to grown folk talk and being the person who hosts a Christmas dinner or being the person who has to organize a wedding. Yes, there's those little moments where you look at where you maybe look in the mirror and you're like, oh fuck, who is this old ass nigga? But I think there's also these moments where you're like, oh fuck, like I'm a and I'm not dead, but like there's these moments that where you feel like, oh, f- I'm I'm grown. People look to me for help. You know, being somebody I think there can be a lot of beauty in being somebody's grandparent. But uh Yeah, we're sunscreen. We're sunscreen. You know what I'm saying? Cause people, low key, people do treat you like shit when, uh, when you're, when you look old. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? I love the young people. But basically, you think you require money to be rich. Well, you can't also be rich in love. I'm feel like I'm already rich in happiness Good. because I have like, n- I have nice friends, I have a nice family, and I have a pretty nice life. I'm actually pretty. Sp- Wise motherfuckers. You start listening to kids, man, because they, they, they live in the world that, uh, that old people haven't lived in. I think mean, we always talk about like the, the wisdom of old age, but there's a wisdom to youth. I think when you're when you're 90, you've not participated in the world for so fucking long. You know, you've got you've got currency in a in a collapsed state, essentially. I also think the faster the world moves, the less and less value ancient wisdom or like within the lifetime of a single human being has yeah i think that's a change that we'll see as as the world starts moving quicker and quicker and quicker where you've got ai building ai building ai and shit like that and you've just got a constant stream of fucking new companies new businesses new social media influencers new social media trends etc etc i think the value of that older wisdom will have will just wane and wane and wane more 
And I don't think that that's a reason to devalue the old, but I think it, it'll, we're going to have to need to value youth even more, which uh, there's problems with that too. Life is difficult. Life is difficult. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, look, 9, 90, life is fucking hard. I remember being 9. I haven't been 90 yet. Hope to hope to do it. But yeah, I remember life, life was rough. Because the idea of rough is entire. First of all, <laughs> yo, every time they ask these motherfuckers to get up, like, I feel like they should they should have just let the old people raise their hand. Like, the kids be in the chairs, like, immediately. The old people, it's like, they, they got to cut because it took them a second to get across the room. Uh, why didn't why didn't they put the old people's chairs closer to the fucking thing? Like this is low key. This is aging. Yes, life is difficult. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, chivalry is not dead. <laughs> He's very chivalrous. Life is hard. Like as a kid, have very bad anxiety, which does not help with how hard life is. There is smooth sailing, and then something bad just strikes up at you and. Yo, these some articulate ass motherfuckers. I'll tell you that right now. Cause she, yo, she she's carrying a, a hefty arsenal of emotional intelligence right now. That was crazy. I know niggas that's 38 that can't, can't do shit like that. This motherfucker said, I have anxiety and it exacerbates situations that I'm in because I'm worried about thinking about it. When I get into it, the anxiety makes it even worse and it comp- has a compounding effect. I need to put some respect on these kids' names. Life has its seasons, just like winter spring summer and fall you have to really be strong to go through those rough seasons but uh yeah life can be tough it can be tough yeah i also think that your lives were kind of harder than ours now because like for research instead of like reading a book and looking for the right specific page the right specific page we could do that but we can also just like internet and then we can find exactly what we're looking for uh also the rights that we have back then uh if i'm correct like around the 1930s and the 1940s um life was hard because a segregation of discrimination uh of women's rights and in some sense i feel like that today's life is somewhat easier but guess what neil I think that kids are having it rough today, and I am so glad I'm not of this generation. (laughs) I've been bullied, some have been because of my culture, because of the food I eat, because of the clothes that I wear. People uh, think that I'm different from them. How do you react to such bullies? Um, You can't stress on these small things. My boy Neil, he been here before. He a little bit too ready for this situation. Well, he's a little bit too too prepared for life. What's going on with these kids? What's nine years old? That's fourth grade? It's fourth grade is moving real wise. I don't know what's going on there. But yeah, it's interesting what the what the woman in the in the head rap said that I wouldn't want to be a kid these days. I mean, I hear a lot of the, you know, there's there's this sense of doom and things like that. I don't know. Maybe we need to have we don't really have like a kid friendly podcast, but I, the idea of having a kid on to just speak about what they're, you know, like, especially like an alpha, because I mean, we've had Gen Zers on the, on the podcast, obviously, but to, uh, to have like a Gen Alpha person on and just go like, what is the experience of the world right now? But I don't know if that'd be inappropriate because it's like, yeah, because even this, I'm looking at this, like a lot of Jubilee's videos, I feel are, they're insightful, but they're low key problematic because they're putting people in these, I don't know, maybe they are important conversations, but it's like, they'll be like, you know, kids versus pedophiles, like, let's have them have a conversation. But 
the world that that people between the ages of like five and fifteen are going through. I don't know. Is there this? Is there this massive? And look, if there's if any of our followers are you know within that age group, um, shit. I don't know if you should be watching our shit, but uh, fuck. I'm I'm just very curious. Like, is there a, this sense that the world is is doomed, and you know that there's a just a shit ton of anxiety and overstimulation, and information is moving too fast or whatever? Or is like, yeah, no, it's like it's pretty cool that you can like when you want to watch a movie, you can just you can watch a movie. When you want to know something, you can just know something. Like we discount the the misery and shit like that that like little kids go through i feel like we actually lose empathy with ourselves like we start to not empathize with our like when you feel like low-key feeling regret and embarrassment in your life i feel like is a lack of empathy for yourself because i look back at shit in my life and i think oh like would i have done that differently and it's like well what the fuck does that even mean because i didn't know what i know now then like if i if you asked me like what would you have done with your life differently 10 years ago like, if I know what I knew, what I know now, I, fuck, I'd buy a shit ton of, like, Bitcoin or something. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd be making those kinds of decisions because I'm predicting the fucking future. But if you ask, like, what would you do given your emotional state 10 years ago and the things that you, the person you were trying to build yourself into, what would you do? And it's like, I probably would have done the same things because the person that I am now has literally has different mental tools available to him to get through certain situations and that required me going through the journey that has happened over the last 10 years. So I I, I never shit on my past self or previous decisions. I just go I I would do that differently now. I try not I try not to rag on myself for a past mistake if that mistake was based on my, me trying my best with the information and emotionality that I had available to me at the time. I try not to shit on what that guy did because that guy was just trying his best to build the life that I currently have. So I have to I have to always respect that and respect him. So I think a lot of times when we look at kids and we say, oh, like this kid is, you know, they they oh, they drop their lollipop, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but everything is relative, man. Somebody else is looking at you going like, that's first world problems, bro. Like you're depressed, bro. I'm starving. Shut the fuck up. If, if you've only experienced nine years of life and your crush don't like you, like y'all niggas be ready to kill yourselves because your wife or your husband left you. So I feel like that's at that level, that's the same. That's the first time you've experienced that emotion of like pseudo love and going through that shit. So we need to put some respect on people's emotions, you know, based on where they are. Oh. Life happens. Well, that's right. And you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You can't say, why did that happen to me? Why not? I mean, why not you? What's mm -hmm. so different that it shouldn't happen to you? You can't feel sorry for yourself when something happens. That's right. You have to help yourself. Yo, I'm, sh I'm, sh I'm, I'm with Neil on this one. I'm shaking my head like this old lady. She got some good... I think that you should look at your life as something special because you are the main character in your life. You're not the main character in everybody's life, but you are the main character in your life. This is the story of you becoming a mother, of you being a sister, of you being a daughter, whatever it is. That's that those transitions are your life. And you're the only one experiencing that story from a first person subjective uh, perspective. So romance, like romance the fuck out of it. Romance, like romance the hard times, romance the breakups, romance the the jobs that you're going after. Live life to some extent. I mean, there's there's ways this can go off the fucking deep end. But like, if you had to imagine, what would it be like if I if if this whole experience was me looking back through a memoir, right? If my life as I was living it right now was me writing my memoirs as I'm you know in my later years on my 
you know, on my French villa or whatever the fuck, and you're writing that memoir about your life, about your 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 life in your 20s, your life in your 30s, your life in your 40s, the hard times and the difficult times and the things that they earned, the things that were beautiful, the things you do differently. How would you live your life if you could take that little bit of a outside perspective about your life? And I think I do a, a lot of that. But don't get stuck in this like, oh, I'm super special. Like, I'm the most important. It's like, no, you're not. No, no, almost no one is. Like 90% of people are not in the top 10% of people, you know, with regard to significance, talent, skill, whatever. I just wanted to say quickly that you guys were all really wise. You guys have had ups and downs. You guys have had hardships. And um, I was very fortunate to talk to you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm not worried about the future because you are the future. I would encourage you all to interview your elders because you don't want to miss out on anything, any facts about your family. For me, my parting words is that I hope you all have a good day now. Oh, like not even just a good day, a good life. Thank you, Thank and we you. hope you do too, and we hope your life is wonderful, life full of interest. Hold on. Damn. That's nice. That's really nice. Ooh. Let's do this one. So yeah, now it's for some 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 more um interesting philosophical content. I like gangbangs. I like being manhandled by several different men at once. If you want to call it being ran, you can call whatever the fuck you want. I'm sexually liberated. <laughs> And I'm a goddess, and I deserve to have hands all over my body. (laughs) I deserve to be worshipped. Like, why not? I deserve that attention. There's two ways to look. Okay, there's three ways to look at this, two of which are valid. So the one way is obviously lots of motherfuckers are going to look at this and go, You're a fucking slut. You're a slut. You know, you're, you're devaluing yourself by being used up and, you know, sullied by these men. Okay, whatever. And that's the thing that these that these red pill niggas talk about a lot, where value is value is like a dog whistle for for purity, like in the Christian old world style. Like you're a ruined woman. That's what they're talking about when they talk about this value stuff. And it's, and it's not at all about consent or them like ex- not exploring their sexuality or not embracing orgasm or not embracing you know which that's that's fair i think that there are lots of people maybe women more so in fact who are having sex as a as a means of self-soothing of taking back power of gaining attention and they're not valuing them, themselves in the sense that they're actually not enjoying the experience that they're having they're not forming the kinds of relationships or bonds that they want they're not demanding the kind of love that they actually want from the people that they're fucking they're not even nutting off the fuck i think that's all very possible but the way these motherfuckers are talking about it has nothing to do with that because if you go on a podcast and say i'm a woman and i have a thousand bodies and i've enjoyed every one of them i've also had very strong beautiful long-lasting relationships i nut when i fuck I, I enjoy myself, right? They don't accept that as valuing yourself. If you say, no, I, I like getting my pussy eaten a lot, by a lot of men because I value myself, you know? If you're doing, a, if you're a horrible decisions or a shampoo drama, those kinds of things, they don't, they don't, that is not value to them. What they mean is your value as property to men. And if you don't understand that value, what you're doing is not understanding that you have value as your future husband's property. That's what the whole, what, what, what this whole thing is. Because if you, if you said to any man, yo, and look, some men are going to say no to this, but I'm like, yo, if you if you were in a situation where you could eat eight different women's pussies at the same time, would you say yes? If you could get eight blowjobs at the same time, if you could get eight pussies at the same time, would you do it? It's like, yeah, of course. Everybody enjoys sex. More sex is even better. 
and people people enjoy being able to experience like variety and lots of different bodies and it does like fucking multiple people at the same time where you're the only person of the gender that they're interested in like not an orgy but a train it feels nice having two women interested in you feels nice and I'm assuming that the same would have to be true if you're a woman. Like, yo, getting getting three dicks at the same time, especially if it's consensual, they're taking your pleasure into account, they're there for you, you're not simply like a, a meat doll for them to, to, to fuck. Oh, and that kind of thing. But if they're actually attending to you, that would feel a lot like being worshipped. That would low-key be a thing that, I'm just realizing, yeah, I hope we don't have any Gen Alpha kids in the fucking podcast now that I'm thinking about it. Stop lying on your YouTube thing. This is not good, clean family fun. But just, you know, I don't know. Parents, if you've got children who are there, y'all ask them and you tell me what they think about them. Not this, obviously, about the world and, you know, what it's like to be, you know, a young person. Uh, but just coming back to what we're talking about, sucking a bunch of dick at the same time when you enjoy sucking dick would would be good, clean family fun joyful now i think the the other way of viewing the third way of viewing this is how much are you really enjoying yourself and i think it's one thing to say i enjoy this thing i don't know that it makes sense to i mean it's empowering in the sense that you're not allowing the purity culture slut shaming thing to to stop you from doing what you enjoy but there, there's definitely a take which is that like eh Catering to male pleasure isn't necessarily like freeing, liberating, you know, empowering, really, you know? I mean, maybe it is. I think it depends on the energy that the men are coming with. Because if the men think that they're running a train on you, then they're running a train on you, no matter how empowered you think you are. The way that they view you is, is, is subhuman. They don't, they don't view you as a person properly. But if you're, but if you're fucking people, and I, you know, I would have to guess that she probably is. If you're fucking people who were like, no, like we're all here because we really find you really attractive, and I want to eat your pussy while he, you know, fucks your mouth, and then he fucks you, and then we do anal and all of that kind of stuff, and you jerk us off, and we exchange pleasure, and it's good, clean family fun. I can imagine that working perfectly. I can imagine that being a great time where everybody's just respectful and wonderful and it's lovely. So here's hoping it's that and more power to you. You know what I'm saying? Because if I could, I would. I would, def I would definitely let, let a couple of, of young women, uh, not young, that's crazy, just uh, <laughs> a, few, a few women uh, run through me. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Through is crazy. Maybe I shouldn't say through. Run on me. Is that, well, I'd, I'd, I'd fuck multiple women in the same instance is kind of what I is what i mean let me i'll just say that yeah okay moving on i've never seen a cut video that wasn't toxic as fuck they create just the worst fucked up scenarios between people who might be who are either currently in a relationship or could potentially be in a relationship to make the most adversarial cutthroat scenario where everybody is just so insecure and wants to win the interaction instead of it so this is porn stars and their partners playing truth or drunk uh, what do you do with me that you won't do in a scene? The thing I do with you that I don't do with anyone else is just have those intimate moments of closeness, which is more beautiful than what I actually get to have uh, in a porn scene. I mean, when we have... Yo. <laughs> She's hurting. That face that she made of like, yeah, you, he loves me. It was given very like, why would you cheat on me when you could have asked me to join type of energy. What do you do with me that you won't do in a scene? Oh, you I mean. Yeah, I don't do that. You what? Hold on, what did she say here? I'm trying to fit, because I've watched this video before, and I'm trying to figure out what the fuck she said. I'm trying to ask if she, 
if she's saying he comes in her or maybe she i'm trying to look at let me look at her lips what do you do with me that you won't do in a scene oh you i me. yeah i don't do that with anyone else oh you i me. cream pie that's it's 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 very weird to say cream pie outside of the context of porn like you could have just said come at me but yeah but look coming inside of someone is like a very romantic like and i've said this before i think it's a romantic and intimate experience i think that we i think that a lot of the stuff that we view as like degrading half of it is because we just view sex wrong like we just view sex as inherently dirty and taboo and that colors the way we look at a lot of stuff nutting in somebody is literally the creation of life like we've divorced it so much from that shit so whereas like sex nutting in someone and getting pregnant by them is a physical connection dick to pussy where you're looking to create life as an expression of physical love. You found some some of, it, of my porn. That was how you first found me, right? Yeah. So the first time you saw him, he was sleeping with someone else. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing somebody in porn and being like, yeah, I'm gonna marry this nigga. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna find fucking marry this nigga. That's it's it's a little bit unhinged, honestly. It's a little bit unhinged to be watching porn in the middle because you're only watching porn to jerk off. So I'm assuming she's flicking the bean and is like, you know what? I think I'm gonna make a life plan off this situation. I was just gonna rub one out. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna plan my future around this porn pornographic video. Or I definitely got better at my boundaries and what I will and won't shoot before know. I was like, oh yes, 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 sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, it's emotionally, mentally not cool to do things that you don't want to do, I mm -hmm. guess. Yeah. No. It's a lot more physically taxing, a lot more mentally taxing than I was ever prepared for. I can never be 100% whether my dick is going to work or not. It doesn't matter if you have- You have no idea. No idea. Because you don't always want to fuck these people. <laughs> I don't care how much you think every girl that you want to fuck in this industry, you want to fuck them. Guess what? There's been a time I did not want to. <laughs> I think the hardest part of my job is just having to perform with someone who is closed off. It just feels like you're having sex with someone who doesn't completely want to have sex, but they want to make money. And it's like an icky. That concept of like, when you're doing porn, you're having sex with other people who don't want to have sex with you, but they want to make money is like, it's, that's, I mean, I, that sounds like rape with extra steps. Like, I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying like everybody in porn is being raped. I'm not saying that, but it just, it sounds crazy. Like it doesn't sound right to me but at the same time you know i mean people are allowed to make decisions but yeah it just it, it, it does seem a little bit icky it seems like it'd be hard to perform or produce that content when you're knowing like people are having to like shut their brains off in a very particular kind of way with regard to the sexual acts that they're performing it's just yeah sounds like ray would extra sex to me i don't know all right so hold on real quick y'all so y'all know there's this like prank where you do um you, you tell your parents that like their favorite celebrity died lavar burton died or like bobby brown or ice cube whoever whoever their person is you know what I'm saying bon jovi whatever and it's low-key like it's low-key funny because some of them like these people are like over the top because some person some celebrity that they're like a big fan of that they that don't know them from adam has like passed away jennifer aniston dead what she's my idol on christmas eve why would you do that? Like, it's, it's kind of funny, but it is low-key toxic. Or it could be because you're kind of using the creation of anxiety and, and pain in a person in order to create humor. Now, this version of the shit 
is toxic as fuck. I think that this wasn't thought through. I'm gonna show y'all what happened. So this is this is um, Slater Vance, Courtney Vance, and Angela Bassett's son. You know what I'm saying? Hollywood power couple. Look what this look what this nigga did. Hold on, just watch. Did you wait, mom, dad? Did you did you hear this? Michael B. Jordan dead at 35. Uh oh 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 you playing? You're 35. Uh-uh. You're playing. What? 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 No, what? That ain't it, homeboy. That is not it, playboy. Like, and, and that is not it. That's a whole... It, doing a celebrity that a person doesn't know is in completely fucking different to someone that that person has a relationship with, has worked with, and has worked with on a project where they lost another very close co-worker or colleague or maybe even friend in Chadwick Boseman. Like, that's crazy as fuck the emotional turmoil that you put there and you went to post it on TikTok because they already lost. Like, maybe if Chadwick, if the Chadwick shit hadn't happened, this would have been still in poor taste. But with that added, it's crazy as fuck. I know Angela, yo, Auntie Angie did not deserve no shit like that. Uncle Courtney did not did not deserve that shit. Slater, what are you doing? What are you doing? Now I I did find out that he's actually like sixteen, so I, I I'm giving a lot because like sixteen year old me, I would have definitely did some shit like this, one hundred percent. Shit, grown me probably would have done some shit like this and not really realized that it was fucked up until like because I wasn't thinking about the the ways that the shit connects. So I get it. Now this is his apology video. N niggas crying on the internet to to apologize, understandably. But I'm I think people want to you know I'm I'm a give grace. I'm a give grace. 16 years old is a, what is that, a sophomore in high school? The, the, the level of maturity and understanding really runs the gamut at that age. You know what I'm saying? Some people are way ahead of like, like we saw with the, you know, nine-year-olds who've got a great grasp on reality and things like that. But also you might not realize elements of context and shit like this that, that can, can make a prank deeply emotionally distressing to somebody uh, and deeply culturally distressing because I think it would have been one thing to do that prank with just Angela and Courtney. It's another thing to do it and then post it in a post-Chadwick death environment. And I think that he missed both of those things. But I'm not going to sit up here and try and cancel some, you know, a 16-year-old for, for saying something dumb. You know what I'm saying? Let it, let it, let it live. Like it was dumb, it was bad, but they'll handle that within their family and, and move past it. And I think he understands that it's fucked up, but... You know, but let's 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 watch the apology video real quick. But I'm not I'm not big on you. I would sincerely like to apologize for the Michael B for taking part in such a harmful trend. I apologize to Michael B. Jordan's entire family, his extended family, and him directly. As damn okay, this nigga apologized to everybody. God damn okay, did Angela beat his ass? Because this motherfucker just apologized to a, like a whole generations of family in this video. Is completely disrespectful. I don't wish any bad. Rem ramifications of this of my actions upon his family nor my parents as they deserve none of the backlash and i i own this was a mistake and i hope this can be a teaching lesson to anyone else who uses social media as a tool and a source of entertainment to 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 truly understand that your actions can have consequences that extend beyond you i apologize for any hurt that that my actions may have caused my mr jordan or my parents or any anyone else who could have been involved in this and i am truly truly and sincerely sorry and i apologize thank you so much for your time yeah low-key feel sorry for him i don't think he was thinking man yeah i'm gonna I'm a shoot him bail man courtney and angelo grown they'll be all right you know what i'm saying i i i, I he it was wrong it was stupid it was hurtful he didn't he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't thinking he wasn't thinking but that's you know what i'm saying people do dumb shit but yeah it ain't it ain't it'll be fine 
Like, that sucks. It's bad. That was poor form. It was in poor taste. It was bad. It was harmful. It wasn't a good prank. Let's keep it pushing. But yeah, he should have said somebody else. You know what I'm saying? He should have said, goddamn, Michael Bolton or some shit. I don't know. Like, just say somebody else. You know? Shouldn't have. Michael Michael B. Jordan is a wild one to pick, but I think he probably picked that because it was like, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's a wild one, boy. I wouldn't have done that one if I was you. Not this day. Not this day. Well, I'm going to close it out here. This has been waving the red flag. You know what I'm saying? If you're out here and, and you realize that people aren't valuing your experience because you're like a nine-year-old and they don't, they don't value what your view and perspective on the world, you may be seeing a red flag. But if you get arrested in, in Bucharest off of sex trafficking, organized crime, and rape allegations, it might be you that's waving the red flag. This has been Waving the Red Flag Podcast. It's your boy, Eddie. It's Eddie, and uh, it's Eddie again. <laughs> Josh and Alvin will be back next week. If you want to join all three of us on the live during before every episode on Patreon, come through. We talk live. We answer, you know, uh, patrons' questions. If you want bonus contents, bonus episodes, come through on Patreon. Same thing with the YouTube memberships. Like, subscribe, let us know everything that you think in the comments down below. Let me know what you think about what I talked about today. You know what I'm saying? And we'll see you all next week. Have a merry fucking new year, you know? Peace. It's a red flag.